When the disciples became fully awake, they saw his glory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Try to preach this way a little more. That's all right. Can you hear me in the back? Yeah, Arcadi's back there. Cornwell's. Okay, good. Thanks. <laughs> um, I love having this picnic here. This is a great time for us to come together as a parish. And uh, I understand too, this is something of an anniversary for All Souls. That when All Souls was started uh, 19 years ago or so, it was toward the end of July. And so this picnic kind of functions a little bit as like an anniversary party for for us as a parish. And I think that's uh, that's fantastic. And. We also get today to celebrate the Feast of the Transfiguration. So August 6th is the, the traditional um, day to commemorate this, this amazing, fantastic event here in the life of our Lord and, uh, and his followers. And August 6th is also my anniversary, so it's good to have my wife. We, we were transfigured 19 uh, years ago so, uh, uh, as well. Uh, so, yeah, so I guess our marriage is about as old as all souls. That's kind of con convenient to remember that. Um, when we think today, and it's also great to have um, all the, the kids here with us too. We got our, our, our multi generational uh, experience here. We got young kids and older kids, and, and kids at heart like myself here as well. And so uh, I might need the kids' help here a little bit because we have some some big words we're looking at today. If you look at your your bulletin cover there, you're going to see a, a big word: transfiguration. That's not a word that we tend to use all that often. Although perhaps some people who are Harry Potter fans know about Transfiguration, am I right? There's a whole class on Transfiguration that was going on at, at Hogwarts. Does anyone remember what, what you learn in that class? Well, you, you do Transfiguration class, you're learning how to turn something into something else. Like maybe you're turning a bird into a cup, or you're transfiguring a mustache on yourself as happened to Ron. Well, Harry Potter-style uh, transfiguration is, is similar to, but a bit different than what we're trying to think about today, but what happened to our, our Lord and Savior, what we heard about in our Gospel reading. In this story, Jesus is, is transfigured, but he doesn't change from one thing into something else. Rather, the change is in his appearance, and it's more something like a, a revealing of something hidden, something deeper about who Jesus is not changing into something different. And, and in fact, this sort of uh, transfiguration we read about today is something of a sort of a sneak peek or a preview into what Jesus will be and then what we eventually will be as well. So if you want to say that with some big words here, today we're going to think about how the transfiguration of Christ is a prefiguring or a foreshadowing of Christ's glorification after his resurrection and thus a prefiguring of our own resurrection and glorification. We'll unpack all those big words here in, in a second. But before we get there, I, I just would love to kind of imagine with you a little bit what this scene is like. We don't have a mountain. We have, we have a hillside here, which is kind of mountainous here, about as, about as mountainous as we get here in this part of the country. Isn't that right? And I wonder if you can kind of imagine here, like, as if you were one of the disciples. You were... Peter or Paul or Peter or James or John going up there with on the mountain with Christ and I, I kind of wonder what it would be like as you were going along watching this scene unfold can we imagine even Jesus going up the mountain to pray not uncommon for him to do to bring his disciples the story says that Peter James and John were heavy with sleep and so we can imagine it's, it's nighttime even it's dark maybe it's cool maybe there's a breeze like we're feeling right now 
and Peter, James, and John are watching Jesus go off to pray, and then, and then seemingly suddenly, as it occurs in the story, suddenly, as the text says, the appearance of Jesus' face was altered, and his clothing became dazzling white. As it says, they saw his glory. I wonder what the disciples were thinking when they, when they saw this transformation right before their eyes. And then not only that, not only did Jesus transform, then suddenly two guys show up, two guys from the Old Covenant, Moses and Elijah, which is even more fantastic, I suppose you might, might think. And if that's not enough, then we read the disciples hear this voice from God the Father saying, this is my son, my chosen, listen to him. That is a fantastic, almost magical, wonderful scene that we're contemplating this morning. And I wonder if we could just focus in this morning on this transformation that took place right before the disciples' eyes, how Jesus' face was transformed and his, his clothing became dazzling white. Um, our tradition has taken it not to mean that just his clothes became lighter and brighter, but that this itself was due to Jesus' own body glowing and his face was becoming bright and he was exuding this lightness, which is the glory of God. What's that supposed to mean? I think we need to think about one of the unique things about Jesus, which is that not only was he a human being who walked around and, and talked and did things with his disciples, but he's also God. Only the thing is that when you're looking at Jesus, walking around talking, you might, you might not see it with your own eyes that he was God. It's almost like his being a human, his being a human being, uh, just like us having a body and a mind, it's almost like that was a veil or, or sort of a cloak keeping secret his divinity, keeping secret the fact that he was God. Harry Potter also had a cloak, right? Invisibility cloak, which kept people from seeing him. Not quite the same way, but it's almost like Jesus' human being was, as a human being, was a cloak preventing people from seeing the hidden truths about his divinity. Yet in the moment of the transfiguration, he didn't take off his human cloak, but rather this human cloak that he had on became charged or saturated or soaked and, and glowed with the hidden glory of Christ's divinity, the hidden glory of the fact that he was God. Now sometimes when we talk about Jesus, we use these big words like transfiguration, and uh, we've got a few other big words that we use uh, to talk about uh, Christ. Let's see if any of these kids know this one. Any kids know nativity? What do we hear nativity? Wyatt, you know, you're thinking about it, right? Huh? Sorry to call you out. No, sorry, buddy. Nativity, we think about it at, Christ, at Christ's birth, at Christmas time. We think about Christ uh, as being born as a baby there as nativity. Well, how about incarnation? In incarnation, we think about Christ being uh, conceived in the womb of his mother. We commemorate that at the Feast of the Annunciation. We go on to use big words like crucifixion, uh, which occurs on Good Friday, Christ's passion and his death. And we follow that quickly up with another big word, resurrection which means Christ coming back to life. And 40 days after the resurrection, anyone? The ascension, not quite very big, but still a big word there, ascension, where Christ is raised up into heaven and goes to sit at the right hand of the Father. And then this last big word that we're thinking about today is glorification. The glorification of Christ occurs after the ascension, when his human nature, when his body becomes so charged with the glory of God that itself, it itself is becoming, uh, becoming uh, a reflection of the glory that he has as God. It's the transformation of his resurrected body after his ascension 
to show forth the immediacy, immediately the reality of Christ's divinity. So you might think of when, when Paul talks in Philippians about the incarnation as kind of like a, a descent, it's God coming to us. And, and when Paul describes this, he talks about God the Son um, becoming a human being as a sort of veiling or a hiding of the divine glory of Christ. Paul says that Christ didn't uh, take his status as God as something to be held on to, but rather he took the form of a servant, the form of a human being, in order to do the work the Father had given him to do. So whereas the incarnation and the nativity of Christ was sort of a, a descent, a veiling, we might think, the ascension and then the glorification of Christ is, a, is an ascent, a, an unveiling of the divine status of Christ. And so the glorification of Jesus is the final return or the final unhiding of the glory of God shining through his humanity. That's the glorification. And the transfiguration is kind of like a sneak peek. It's kind of like a preview. You know, when you go see a movie, you go see Harry Potter, or maybe you'll see another movie this, this summertime. You, you see the previews before the show, before the main, the main feature. This is kind of a, a teaser to get you to want to come back to movie theater and see something later on. And the transfiguration is sort of like that. It's a, it's a teaser. It's a preview of, of what Christ will be like later on in his life. But not only that, I think the transfiguration is a preview for us. It's a preview of our own glorification as well. And you too and me, one day when we are resurrected, will be glorified as well. Remember, um, we wondered about what the three disciples were, were thinking about when they saw the transfiguration. That, that was Peter, James, and John. Uh, many years later, after Christ's resurrection and ascension, John, who was there, wrote this in one of his letters. John wrote, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. John here is referring to Christ's second coming, uh, his, his return. The big word for that is parousia. The, the being present of Christ once more. Uh, and it, what John communicates here, says to us, is that at this time we, we Christians, we followers of Christ, will be made like him. And Paul says something similar in his letter to, uh, to the Corinthians. He writes, We all with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to another. Jesus now has been glorified, and when he returns, we too will be like him, seeing the glory of God and reflecting the glory of God as well. Paul gives us a little bit of an allusion here to what we read in our Exodus passage here. He talks about with unveiled face, and if you caught that with um, what Anne read for us from Exodus here. When, when Moses went up the mountain and he met with God face to face, he had this intimate communion relationship conversation with God up on the mountain he came down and his face was glowing his face was reflecting the glory of God and so much so that he wore a veil to prevent the people from being scared when he was when he was talking with them I think that too is a bit of a preview Moses veiled face there is a preview of our own glorification to come when the glory of God will be reflected fully in us and we too will shine with the brightness of the glory of God now you might say, why would I want that? Why on earth do I want to have a glow-in-the-dark face? That seems kind of inconvenient at times. <laughs> well, the point of Moses going up the mountain was not to start glowing, and, and the point of Jesus going up on the mountain was not to start glowing and becoming dazzling white. The point was that Moses went up the mountain to have an immediate 
face-to-face, -face, intimate conversation with God. Jesus went up the mountain both as God and as a human being to have an intimate conversation and interaction with God so that the glory of God would shine on and through him. And the point for us, too, is that we, too, are on a path toward having such a close relationship with God that it will bring about the transformation of our minds, our souls, and even our bodies that will reflect the glory of God that will shine on and through us when we come to our own glorification. Amen. Amen. Amen.